The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. Turn blue. Oh, there it is. Now it's beckoning. Click. And never... we're live. It is Thursday, April, uh, September. I said April 30th, 2021. I don't know why I said April. It's <laughs> got an april feel to it. 5.01 p.m. And I want to talk about free software. Ew. Because uh, for... A number of months, I have been, as as many of you know, every day ripping the audio of the YouTube video of In Lieu of Fun and posting it on Acast as a podcast. And uh, for this, I have been using a free online service of the sketchiest variety. It is based in, in literally a place I have never heard of. Um, and uh, I want to uh, just to um, so uh, a place is, you never heard of Kansas or a place you never heard of no like a Kazakhstan. country I've never heard of uh, so the URL is ymp3.cc and so you look up what is .cc domain and the answer is the .cc domain uh is uh um uh the cocos or keeling islands which is an australian territory that i have literally never heard of before i I have not never heard of it either yeah so So. uh, he's an international law person i've been using a service in the the keeling islands to uh produce the uh 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 in lieu of fun audio and uh i was a little bit nervous about it but my audio engineer uh the the estimable ian enright of goat rodeo assured me that it works just fine and i had no evidence that it was grabbing all my data and sending it straight to the joint task force of the people's liberation army and the uh uh, uh, the FSB. Um, so I used it until the other day when all of a sudden the audio component, uh, uh, my audio podcast host, began rejecting the MP3 files produced by this. And you may have noticed this. There were a few days where I posted the, the In Lieu of Fun audio and it went up and I tweeted out that it was there, and if you clicked on it, there was no audio file. And that was because Acast was rejecting the files oh, yeah. produced Mike Fromm, by... Michael Fromberger asked me about this. He was like, why is it the, Acast? Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And so all of... And it took me a few days to notice. And then it took me another couple days to figure out why it was happening, which was that all of a sudden, this creepy Keeling Island-based company was producing mp3 files that um, ACAST couldn't read. 
And so I sighed a sigh as though the weight of the world were on my shoulder, which at that moment it was because there were all of these people who wanted to listen to in lieu of fun and they couldn't do it because I was failing to rip the audio of the YouTube of in lieu of fun. And by the way, if you had said that sentence 20 years ago, you might have been as well have been speaking uh, <laughs> uh, Keeling Islandese. Um, and uh, so I said, I think I know the solution. I am going to buy, actually pay for a piece of software that will do this. And I did. And I want to tell you people, it was like magic. I spent $20 (laughs) and I downloaded a piece of software before I did it. I, um, I, I looked at some reviews of different pieces of software and said like, what's the best software for ripping the audio of YouTube? Uh, and the answer was for Mac, it was a piece of software called Airy, A-I-R-Y. And so I bit my lip, I gave a credit card number, I paid for a, an actual license of Airy, which is not being produced out of the Keeling Islands, which is an Australian territory with the domain .cc. Are you and trying I, to tell this like a Rudyard Kipling story? Because it's like <laughs> about as recursive and like slightly less charming. <laughs> and it works so well, so well. And In Lieu of Fun has appeared daily on Acast ever since. And I I feel like this is the best $20 I have ever spent on anything. And so if you have a service that you make make software for, and you want me to buy your (laughs) software or in the parlance of our times, license your software, I will give you money. I love paying for software because it works. Can can, can I just say, um, first of all, it was a very beautiful story um, uh, that um, that it, Capitalism it, works. It, you're right. Um, I, I would say that this is like this is like the Seinfeld thing about you know when George says I don't pay for parking. Um, it's like I don't pay for software. Right. But the thing is, and this is what I found amazing. I think Adam Smith was the one who observed that um, in the 18th century, um, um, villagers welcomed war. Why? Because when the soldiers came, whereas upon in the 17th century, they would pillage the villages, right? And take everything that they wanted. In the 18th century, armies realized that it was actually more efficient for them to buy it. Oh, I thought you were going to say, make them download like MS DOS. That's exactly (laughs) how I feel right now. I'm like, I'm like the general who figured out, gosh, if I pay people, they give me software that works. (laughs) This is, so it actually turns out that like markets, like in certain circumstances, they really are efficient 
Yeah. Um, and that what you're what you're paying for is um, like uh, the, the, the 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 repose from knowing that you're going to actually get something that does what you want it to do. And from there, Scott, it is one small step to forever war. We are not allowed to have fun anymore. <laughs> but in lieu of fun, we're allowed to have Kate Klonick here in her capacity as a guest. And like all of our guests following the monologue, she looks faintly appalled. <laughs> like, she's like, what the fuck did, what did I do to deserve this? What have I gotten myself into? And the answer is Kate has watched the Facebook hearing so you don't have to. Uh, so KK, welcome to In Lieu of Fun. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah um, I, I'm Scott, um, by the way. I'm Scott. Um, <laughs> I just, I guess, because the decision desk is here, I just wanted to say that among the people who have not watched it, they, uh, the majority, 63%, have not even read about it. Oh, so I would say, yeah, so I would say that um, it would, it, you should assume that people don't know what happened. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's yeah. start with what the fuck happened? Who, yeah. uh, who is testifying and why? And what does this have to do with bees on In Lieu of Fun? Yeah, okay. Well, that's, um, that is an interesting connection. So what does this have to do with bees? Let's start there. Um, there is, uh, last, two weeks ago, um, on Mon like two weeks ago, I think it was, yeah, two weeks ago, exactly. Um, face, uh, there was something called the Facebook Files that was released at the Wall Street Journal. It was a series of five stories. I think there's going, to, I know that there's going to be more stories coming in it. Um, that was done primarily by Jeff Horowitz, who's been on the show. You might remember him from one of Ben's all-time favorite episodes in which... No, my absolute all even is <laughs> Scott's breaking the breaking in the show is with his PowerPoint is my second favorite episode. My all time favorite episode is when we had Jeff Horowitz, Wall Street Journal tech reporter on to talk about content moderation and Facebook. And he shows up in front of a hive of bees. With, Multiple hives of bees. He has yeah, many he had hives of bees. Beehives, which he opened without protective equipment on the show and had video he literally had a video of his car with 10,000 bees in it yeah just flying that's, around in that's, the I don't know if you've ever that's seen amazing you've never if you've never seen this episode it's just one of the best so I met Jeff years ago we've known each other for a long time now and one of the reasons I like Jeff is because he's a little um he's a little loony but like in like the best most interesting way um, and one of the first things that we kind of bonded over was like animal husbandry things and the fact that he um, illegally drove into the state of California with um, a, like with multiple hives of bees in the back of a U-Haul. And then like, but he also goes, well, that's like one part of the story. But the other thing is that he goes and will like, when pe there's like communities of people who keep bees, and yeah, like, he does bee rescue and they do like bee rescues and evacuations when like a hive gets too big and the one of the queens moves and like the whole hive goes with her and there's all of a sudden like you i don't know if you've ever seen pictures of it but there'll be like 
a tree branch that is just like a ball of bees like around mm. it that is just like around this like queen that has decided to like go off and start a new hive and in those types of situations the bees are typically pretty docile and you can go in and like get the queen because she's so much bigger and very easy to spot and if you take the queen you can gen just like basically like literally kind of gently like throw the bees into a box and they'll also just follow her if you put them in and then like a a wave yeah it's kind of crazy and then like so jeff did this once um but then he put the box and he sealed it and he put it in his car to drive like 25 miles home and in the middle of this like the bees just kind of like got out of the box and so in dc yeah and so he was oh that is incredible and he like showed us these pictures that he took of like his entire dashboard and like all around like i'm just like and he had to drive the car home like he's just driving calmly Totally with like a car full of bees like all the way back home. i mean just like but if and he was like i was like so what did you do when your car is he's like well i got out really i i got out really carefully <laughs> i was just like oh no I, what was it? it was actually they it was no no he was parked at the he was an associated yeah. press reporter at the time and he was parked at the associated press building and the security people called him upstairs and said, you know, there seemed to be a lot of bees in your car. And so he had to drive home with this. And we asked him, like, so how do you get into a car? He said, well, it's really important not to crush any of the bees because that releases an attack har uh, pheromone. So you get in very carefully. Yes. Um, and he has the choices. Just watch the episode. It it's was like li really literally like we thought we were going to have a conversation about about no, um, I didn't. I brought what, a man on to talk about bees. I'm sorry. Can you just say what, uh, what the man's name is? So, because I, 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 I shared the uh, link in the okay. in the in the thing. Anyway, he okay. broke this story. See, see, yeah. we're diverting this whole episode okay. onto the bees thing. <laughs> he no. broke this story. He and his bees broke this story. Uh, and uh, what is it? And what happened, KK? Yeah, and so it was a five-part series. And the first article I'm quoted in because I've reviewed a bunch of the documents um, that were released in this kind of internal cachet of a whistleblower to to Jeff um, that basically say that there's like things I've reported on before that there's uh, like one set of rules for elites um, at Facebook uh, for on speech and like another set of public figures, so to speak, celebrities. Um, and then like another set of rules for like everybody else and then the second story which is what the hearing was about today was um facebook knows instagram is toxic for many teen girls um and like and so like the interesting part of this story is that facebook had done its own research basically presented that research on instagram and the site like showing that that like young girls reportedly felt much worse. If they felt bad about their bodies already, they were like 32% more likely to feel worse after using Instagram. And they tested various features to try to solve this, like doing things, like getting rid of the like button and found it had no effect. Like it found that it didn't do anything. And then like the company knowing that then kind of like, like put it, like put that fix out there anyways, as if it was a fix knowing that it wasn't a fix um just kind of 
I compare this and not in like the, in the stories, but like, I think I said this on Twitter, it's kind of like people are asking you for penicillin and you're testing all these different drugs and you're like, or like, sorry, it's not like you're really sick and you're like, oh yeah, they do all these, oh yeah, that's a real illness. You've really got something. They test all these drugs. They find out what doesn't work and they just sell it to you anyways, even though they know. Like, like that's like basically what it is. Right, it's it's literally snake oil. Well, it's not literally snake oil because it's not actually snake oil. But yes. but it, that's that that's just that's that's. I I, I mean I've I, I've taught moral philosophy and I can tell you that's evil. <laughs> <laughs> really wish that every time I called something evil, I could like preface it with that. So sometimes <laughs> having guest lectures, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other, the third thing was that they tried to make it healthier and people just got angrier. Like that's something that they measured and knew about. The fourth thing was that, um, was basically, uh, was that, and this is, wasn't like, this is something in particular that people that work in civil society on these issues knows all too well, which is that like, basically they put a lot more money into harms, into solving problems and people and content moderation in the United States than they do everywhere else in the world, which is funny considering only 7% of users are in the US of all of Facebook. So that's just kind of, you know, and um, I have a piece coming out in the New York Times tomorrow that says like, but you might want to wonder about whether or not, you might want to wonder why it is that that, where that discrepancy comes from. If 93% of their user base is abroad, why would they spend so much time? And it turns out, I'm like going to check my, pull up like what I wrote so that I don't get this wrong, but it's like 53% or no, sorry, excuse me. Like the average daily, like user, like the money that they make off the average daily user, the average rate of money that they make off an average user in the US and Canada is around like $56 a day. And the next closest amount by geography is Europe. And it's, $15 a day. And so like that is Europe. And like, that is the closest, (laughs) like that kind of tells you what exactly they're getting out of the various markets. Um, Asia and Pacific is like $4 and four cents. And then the rest of the world is around $2 and eight cents or something like that. Um, So Ben, you're muted. Ben, you're muted. We're number one. We're number one. USA. USA. I'm regretting telling you that you were muted. <laughs> so, 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 Kate, um, uh, uh, maybe you were going to get to say this, but is the is the idea then that they put so much, um, so many resources in the United States because that's their revenue base, and yeah. is is that the idea? Like that those numbers that you should, I mean, you should be careful because those, those numbers don't prove anything, but they show you where the incentives are for the company, right? right? Like, you know, they're not, they're not like proving that this is, and I think that they probably actually, in fact, invest more in content moderation than the, like, than the proportion of those numbers would, would suggest, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In in global areas, but it is still not like anywhere near what is needed for like, for a lot of these, um, a lot of the other parts of the world that are so dependent on Facebook. 
so so that was the so that was the fourth story and the fifth story was basically about misinformation and covid and how based and how like like it contributed the hearing today was called basically to bring antigone um harris who is the head of trust which is a fabulous name yes antigone is a great name um and antigone is a really um really capable person and has done this for a long time and has worked on online but she company but she faces a tragic choice what oh very funny <laughs> um, i mean you could I, not I, right if, please th thank you thank you <laughs> um no so she um so she so she testified our kids went to school together and i like antigone very much actually yeah yeah she is like she i'm like i'm like she's respect she is very well respected she is a very very able and thoughtful person yeah. and nobody should assume that because they don't like facebook that there is something right. uh uh like antigone davis is a very serious woman oh wait did i say harris i meant davis sorry i was like thinking of yeah. Anyways, uh, yes, um, she is wonderful, and a lot of people, um, a lot of re researchers have respect for her. Civil society has respect for her. She's not just kind of some hack. Um, but there was a lot of question as to what specifically she was doing um, in the hearing, because really that story and the reason for the hearing was to kind of talk about Instagram. And so why isn't Adam Masseri, who's the head of Instagram, dealing with the fallout from this? Um, this isn't necessarily Antigone's uh, area. Um, I guess some people, like Alex Damo said this on Twitter, a bunch of people responded from the company kind of helpfully um, saying that she had moved roles a little bit and was covering both. So that was like kind of one answer. And oh, I just pulled a mosquito. Um, and then there was, um, uh, and then there was basically a, um, Okay, so now there's a hearing. Sorry, this is like, that's, that's where we are. There's a hearing about this specific thing. Can I just say, like as, a, like, as a general rule, when it comes to certain things around what people get really freaking agitated about and what drives people to suddenly do something and to thump on their, like, Bible or stand in front of a square with their Bible upside down or, like, whatever the fuck, is basically, like, is, like, kids being hurt. It's, like, just... Like, I don't want to be cynical about it, but in like politicians love, like you're never gonna, it's just like something that politicians love to do, I feel like. And if you look at the history of kind of like as a free speech enthusiast, if you look at a lot of the regulation that has like been aimed at kind of curbing speech in order to protect like children, there is a lot of justification around like, we have to protect the youth. We have to like protect children from like all of these kind of like from pornography, from violence, from like all of these types of things. But isn't that fair? I mean, why, why was? Well, I mean, yeah. Like, but like, like children are where are the most vulnerable component of society, and they are, and and there is a constituency that is devoted to exploiting them um, and any new technology uh, that has speech potential will be used to uh, uh, harm them in some way and so there's a kind of 
like there's a kind of uh, you know when you have something like you have to think about how to use it and just like when you have a car you have to figure out how to build a child seat so that kids can use it safely there's there's kind yeah no there's kind of like something you're gonna have to do to make sure that kids are protected in the context of it yes and i think that this is correct um the thing that's kind of frustrating about this is that okay first of all and this is kind of this is something that antigone in fact said and i say in in my article which is that like oh my god has this been happening forever like media and media and in particular like fashion has like come which has just been replicated on instagram let's be honest like with all of these influencers and everything else like Mm. all of that like when i was like in like you know seventh grade i used to go i wrote myself out of my seventh grade english class by doing a huge presentation on wuthering heights that we were supposed to be reading and i was like i've already read it here is my book report i'm gonna go to the library and read other books and i went and read ym magazine that my mother would not let me read or subscribe to when i was like in seventh grade i mean i read other stuff too don't look at me like that scott <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm just very engrossed um it's it's, it's a great story and it, it's really Im- topical to today's discussion okay i spent twenty dollars on software and six minutes later all right but so what anyway, happened whoa I mean, antigone like, goes up to the hill I'm now for making fun of you this creon <laughs> senator creon goes no, no, after no, her. No, no 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 i'm gonna get to the hearings but the hearings have like a bigger point which is that like and this is like part of by the way this ha- is 20 minutes later i know but like this is the <laughs> hearing ben the hearings weren't interesting nothing really that new happened in the hearings that's why they're not covered they're on the front page of the new york Wait. times right now or anything else can i th- can i say what i thought was interesting sure I thought when uh, Senator Blumenthal um, didn't know what a finster was, I thought that was really funny. Do you know oh, that thing, thing yeah. where he, he says, that, yeah. yeah, like he he, um, he he didn't know. So a fake Instagram account is called a finster. And so he asked Antigone, um, was it Davis? Was her last name? Yeah. Davis, um, he said, and are you committed not to using Finsta? I think that's what she, she was like, well, Senator, to be clear, you know, Finsta is a fake Instagram. So you had to explain to him, like, it's obviously he didn't know what he was doing. So that, that was, I thought, kind of funny. No, but that's like, I mean, so one of the things, so I'll get to that kind of point. So Ben, I'm not going to describe necessarily all the things that happened, but I am going to talk about like what came out and was new, what came out and was old, and then what the meta conversation that everyone was having about it online was. And all one right. of the things that came out that is really old, and one of the things people were saying after the after the Facebook file story about Instagram and leading up to this hearing was this is not new. We have had, and this is why I was talking about seventh grade, which was just like girls have been feeling shitty about their bodies for forever. And if, when they weren't getting it from Instagram, they were getting it from Teen Magazine and Seventeen. I don't know if you remember the, the scandal over like instituting mandatory 
minimum BMI or maximum BMIs for like being a fashion runway model in the 90s after like the Kate Moss looks like she's on heroin and also doesn't eat anything type of like scandal. So like there's all this kind of stuff. This has been happening for a long time is my point. Is are the tools like are these tools? There have been also, by the way, over the last 15 years, like a gajillion studies, like 15, National Institute of Health, like all of like pediatrics of America, like all of these things that say over and over again, not just these technologies, but cell phones with cameras specifically. Anything that kind of like literally makes people stare at each other. I don't know if you've also seen that. It's not just teens. I just saw a study that like plastic surgeons have reported huge increases in their numbers after the pandemic because people spent so much time staring at themselves over Zoom that they like have developed like incredible complexes and become obsessed with their face and like fixing their face. Like this is, my point is about all of this is like how much of this is Instagram and how much is of this is like a, a, like a problem that we have is like a society, right? And like, sure, you can put in like seatbelts on Instagram and make it harder. But the other part of this, and this is something Alex Stamos has said a lot as working as someone who's like, when he was in Facebook in other words, is like some of the only stuff, like the only kind of real, like end user thing that you can possibly have as an intervention is like parents not letting their kids have cameras like on their phone or not letting their kids have accounts on these types of things or policing their behavior or things like that. And I am not a parent. I don't pretend to think that that is some type of easy lift. And I don't pretend to think that like parents couldn't be helped by tools that like that, um, that Instagram does or doesn't decide to roll out and isn't, isn't instituting or developing. Um, but that's not what the hearing was about. The hearing was really about yelling at Instagram fair, like a fair amount about kind of like you're harming our kids and to that extent like it was kind of a little bit of a well why are we here and why right now is it just because of this one it like this one story and it just wasn't that relevatory the last thing that I'll say really quickly is that and uh, uh, is that do you think that like it's just Instagram fuck no it's TikTok Snapchat and kick and like all of them are like doing this exact same thing. Are they doing studies like on like on their own data with their own people and presenting information to their CEO and asking if they should have like interventions on this? Um, well, if they were, they're not going to anymore. And they're certainly not going to like, they're certainly not going to in the future. And so like, this is, I think, one of the strangest parts of all of this is like to a certain extent, Facebook doing this research as terribly as they handled it internally. It was like, at least they're looking inward. This was one of the only things that like outside people have been telling them for years. And I just think that there's going to be now we this should be the take like takeaway from the hearing is we have to force these companies to do that because now they're not because they're not going to otherwise. You're muted, Ben. So if you were Jeff Horowitz, mm. would you have watched today's hearing and said, wow, this is cool impact from my stories. Uh, people are 
asking good questions, Facebook's feed is being held to the fire, or would you look at it and say, uh, what a bunch of moron senators. Uh, they don't even seem to know how to read my stories and they don't know the difference between an Instagram account and a fake Instagram account. They're not minimally educated in the subject in order to ask questions. No. Uh, how I, would you react to it? I mean, I think you would know this, the answer. You couldn't predict the answer to this question, Ben. I think that Jeff is excited about the impact that his story is having. I think that he has like more is more tracking the impact of his story as it is measured writ large than whether how effective it is as a solution for the harms that he raises. That's just like not exactly his problem. Um, and I think that he, you know, that there is um, a certain amount of kind of, hi Paula. <laughs> There's a certain amount of, uh, I think, I think that there is a, yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically what I would say. I think that, that he's like moving on. He's got a, he's working on a bunch more stories that are coming out. Facebook kind of released, has been responding and shooting itself in the foot kind of over and over again in some of its responses. So he's responding to that. And there's just, um, I think that there is, yeah, I don't think he watched the hearings that much. And, oh, I should also add that one of the things that happened very quickly is like when people were talking about how stupid it was shortly after the Finsta comment about how stupid the critics and everything were. Uh, Cecilia Kang, I said something in my Twitter and a bunch of people, Casey Newton, Cecilia Kang, um, Donnie Sullivan, like a bunch of people started kind of having a conversation. And one of the things that came out of that conversation was people saying, one of the best things for Facebook is when people spend a lot of time talking about how, what, like what Luddites, like the, like Congress is, uh, it distracts from them having to be blamed. I actually think that that's true. I think they are Luddites and I love making fun of them. It's like, love is a weird word. I like kind of just like, it makes me mad and sad and like a really strange mix of emotions. <laughs> but I, I do think it distracts from like what they're actually doing and the value of it. Uh, yeah, like if you're talking about the judges and send it instead of the defendant 100 percent, exactly um like yeah exactly ben you're muted paula you get the first question today um well i guess like i think kk um kind of made this point hopefully i'm like interpreting it correctly and i'm not saying i agree with this but i, I see the merit in it from like my own personal experience like to what extent is it your obligation to curate your own feed? Like, I know that's really hard for someone who's very young to understand, but like, I love Twitter, which I know most people are like, that doesn't make any sense. But like, if you follow the right people or like on Instagram, like you can actually create a really positive community of people. Like I started weightlifting and there were no women that I knew in real life that lifted weights and then I could find them all online and that was really awesome. I don't know what the obligation though, of like someone is to do that, but like I could pick up a magazine, like AK said, like 10 years ago, like a Teen Vogue thing and then see someone super skinny on that and feel bad about myself. I don't need the internet to do that. That's what high school bullying is. That's what like elementary <laughs> school bullying is. Um, so, so you're think... basically an apologist for Instagram here, right? No, no, no. no. You're like you're like saying it's all okay 
There's no. no problem. If it weren't Instagram, it would be Teen Vogue. No. Um, no? I definitely think like the, the algorithm, right? Like it's like, that's really different than me having to go pick something up from a brick and mortar place and like flip through it and then not have things like shoved in my face that I didn't explicitly ask for. But I do also see like that there has to be like some because like this is everything online, right? Like I, I don't understand how you get out of. I mean, that's basically Kate's position, right? I, just, that, I don't like don't confuse the medium with the message. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I, I, I don't go ahead, Scott. Sorry. No, but I, I guess I, I let me let me be the dumb guy here, which is like, why is that not? like a good justification i mean defense of instagram i i think it is but there is a very poisonous like i will just be totally honest like the anti-big tech movement right now is like so strong that like any association like or any type of like any type of defense of them is like like will just like get you canceled and i really say that as like someone who i mean i get yelled at a lot like for saying really reasoned reasonable things and i don't think that they're crazy um and i don't think that I, and i know i'm not pro instagram or facebook but i think that that i think that paula's point is perfectly made when i was in i keep bringing up examples from when i was a kid but like we had live journal or we had aol instant messenger and all of those things created amazing communities that I was in the midst of a lot of bullying in real life in my school because I was an asshole writing myself out of English classes. <laughs> and, and so, like, imagine how popular that made me. Can I also um, but, say, like, I don't think, maybe this is, like, a really mean thing to say, like, using um, social media, like, also takes, like, some certain skill. And to say to someone, like, well, you're not using it correctly in some manner because like exponentially if this makes any sense the harm that could be caused for you picking up a limited quality like hardcover magazine is different from me being able to scroll for hours but like like my my like benefit from instagram or twitter is way different than someone else's benefit because like i don't say stupid things or try not to i don't do specific things like there are things I don't know, you Paula. Your your defense of Scott the other day on on Twitter uh, was, 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 your, was, was, was your hard. Was, 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 was your finest hour? I, I don't know if that makes sense to KK. Like there, like I like there are so many things for me personally, just because of like my background, like that has made social media so much like better for me just because I didn't have those connections in the first place. Like take weightlifting, like someone I'd never met before literally told me, Oh my God, you're that person who weightlifts on Instagram. And they like saw me. And so like, that's because I post things on Instagram that are weightlifting and I stay in the community. And now that person knows who I am. Um, but I don't think most people do that or use like social media in that way. And I'm not trying to say that like, to like, you know, pat myself on the back. I just think like, we all see people do dumb stuff. And you're like, why would you ever do that? Like, we see people like, post death threats on social media. And like, that would never occur to me. And yet people do these things all the time. So all right, I think so KK, what uh, are we experiencing a moral panic about social media? 
And basically, Paul is right. This is a tool that uh, has a lot of negative externalities, a lot of positive externalities. But the negative externalities, you know, like girls had body image issues before Instagram yeah. and they were centered around YM and Cosmo and uh, and Kate Moss. And uh, and basically what didn't happen before was that kids like Paula as young weightlifters would yeah. be able to create communities of young female weightlifters. The body image issues are the constant. The creation of positive communities around whatever you're interested in are not are, are the non-constant. That's the 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 the. It's a um, yeah. I mean, and, basically, yeah. I mean, like, and, and Mark. And Zucker basically, like, you know, we all like to hate Facebook and Instagram, but basically, they're offering opportunities to do that, and it's not a the net negative was already there. The net positive is big. I mean, basically, at some point in, like, the Facebook files, there's a quote from Zuck saying something very similar to that. Like, there's all these positive things, and we're not measuring them, and blah, blah, blah. I think that that's true, probably, right? I also think, though, and I really want to, like, make sure that I'm not misunderstanding this. I think Instagram, as kind of, like Paula points out, like, the infinite scroll, like, the constant availability of content, the interactivity of it versus reading a 16 page magazine and then picking up another 16 page magazine and like moving on that like there creates it creates a volume and an intensity that is much much more significant so i don't want to downplay this like i i mean i almost never like i don't think this is a moral panic but i do think that we are getting a little bit out over our skis about what the problem is and the best way to fix it um and i think that one of the better ways to fix it is to be better at measuring these things and include the good along with the bad um and i just like think that it is incredibly one-sided to just look at you know instagram is bad for teen girls and not look at the fact that like kids that are living in iowa in like in like the middle of nowhere and are gay in their schools like now find other people online that are gay right. and have communities with them and the, like the decentralized nature of the internet basically brings these people together in ways that would like before you would have suicides when kids realize that there was something wrong with them or like you know mis you know all types of stuff but you There's wouldn't but but interestingly there wasn't a particular project product right. to link the suicide to but now the kid posts suicidal ideation on Facebook or Instagram. It's become and... a very deceptive but for cause. It is not like it is a it is a choke point. It's like it is a bot, but it is not like the only one Facebook or like, you know, and it is a problem. And like we're very upset and it's causing harms. But like we could we could really like as a society be so much, I think, in a much greater position to solve these if we kind of recognize that and took some steps forward and, and like maybe recognize that some of it might not come from regulation. Um, some of it might come through like other means, like maybe section 230 or okay. like reform. How, how did you come to be such an apologist for Facebook and, and, and Instagram? Well, Facebook wants to be regulated, right? Because that isn't <laughs> like, because Facebook, because Facebook wants to be regulated because it can absorb all the costs of regulation and it's smaller competitors certainly can't. So like, I mean, this is, this is, it's the, the I'm Philip actually, Morris effect. 
Yeah. All anyway. right. So James Puckett, whom I'm unable to bring on screen, asks the other side question, which is what are the chances that Facebook can legally and will be broken up? You are currently writing an antitrust paper on Facebook. Uh, are is are they the AT&T of our era? Uh, great question. Do not answer that because then they will not buy the article. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I, did I, I had a call, I had a talk with Jonathan Rausch once um, after he was on the show and I said I was writing like an article and he was like, how much are they paying you for that? Just if I can ask. And I was like, nothing. Like absolutely my, nothing. That's right. My, my, yeah, my mom would always, when I was starting out, they'd say, oh, have you published anything? I said, Yes, I, I published two things. He said, how much they pay you? And I say nothing or, you know, and so one time um, um, my uh, I, I was asked to do something and as an honorarium, they gave me $75, right? Which of course, you know, doesn't pay. It was like, comes out to like, you know, uh, 0.7 cents an hour, you know, kind of thing, yep. what it took. And so when my mom asked me, oh, did they pay you? I actually had an answer, but it was the worst sort of answer, which was $75, which meant that everything else that I had said was really just worth $75. (laughs) Every time you do something, you're like, she's like, oh, Scott needs more. Like I should send Scott a check for his birthday. You're right. There's a question on the table from James Puckett. What is the chance that- but there I like I Scott's that. story too, but it's my job to keep this conversation okay. focused See, on the enough. important issues like killing uh, islands a, companies. There's the so there's a couple of like antitrust suits have various types of reforms that can come as remedies if they find there to be a like a um, proof if like if the court finds there to be proof of market power, right? And that of course on how you define market and that depends on how you define the power and whatever so if they accept the current in the current case which is before um judge boseberg um in the district uh the district of columbia uh there is um probably very low likelihood that there will be struck what they call structural reform um to facebook which is what the ftc is asking for um which is basically saying like break up these various parts of the company, break them off structurally. And that's the solution to end this market power. Um, probably more like that's a very extreme reaction in antitrust. And I don't think that there has just been like a sufficient proof. And also their current proof is like based around their percentage of the market. Um, and there's no harm being shown because there's technically no kind of way to peg that harm to consumer prices because all these products are free, which is kind of one of the very issues that antitrust has to get over this hurdle of in the very beginning. So there's many, many reasons why this probably won't happen. Um, but even if there is some type of ex- like agreeing that there is beyond kind of, yeah, there's just like, it's probably unlikely the answer will be break them up. John Hawkinson. All right. The table is yours. Oh, well, I'm going to just climb, roll over onto the floor. So I kind of want to object to the basic errors in Ben's monologue, and in part because they fall in areas of my domain expertise. And That's why you... Oh. Yes, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 go ahead. 
And this relates to Facebook in that it's about basic internet literacy. And I don't want to say that Ben is like a senator or, or even a representative, but, but I, I just don't know. So, you know, just to be clear, the domain name has nothing to do with the origin of the service. The .cc people, they sell their name out because people like yeah. to have domain names that end in .cc and it's cool. And the software Ben happened to pick is actually an even worse, far bigger literacy problem because it turns out that there is, there is good free software that solves this particular problem and there are websites that basically mooch off of it and scam it and turn it into a service that they're not responsible for. And, and even worse, um, this like YouTube is an evolving target. It changes like on a weekly basis. So software that downloads reliably from YouTube has to update super frequently. And that makes it a very different problem than a lot of other kinds of software problems. And so the software that Ben happened to pick if it's super reputable, maybe it'll be working in a couple of years, but probably not. Whereas the dominant free software for this, which is YouTube-DL, and it has a bunch of forks, it actually works great. Um, it's super frequently maintained. Um, it, you know, there's a new version like a couple times a month, um, and it, it actually is the best tool for this. And so Ben is kind of recommending the wrong lesson here. I'm not sure how to how you can tell when this is the case and when it isn't other than just go read reviews. But but I don't know. That's what concerned me with, with the monologue. So. All right. So I want to, in defense of the monologue. Shirt. I don't know why. In defense of the monologue, the purpose of the monologue at the beginning of the show is not to guide product selection. It is to amuse the audience and uh, to... Uh, to uh, 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 see if the speaker can talk for three to five minutes straight without uh, um, a lot of that and uh, to um, uh, approach our inner Mike Pescas. That is the purpose. Um, and so if you uh, confuse that with product recommendations, uh, I'm afraid you may have missed the point. Oh, I understand the monologue is supposed to be funny, but I also worry that people take away the wrong message. And so, I, you know, I don't know how to oh, react. Okay, I, I just, I, I will think all substantive points made on today's monologue are hereby retracted. The mood, tone, and everything other than the substance of the monologue, I stand by completely. How's that? Uh, Thank I, you, I, I, Mr. Willis. I What's the, the what, what's clear to me um, is that um, Kate's a shill for Instagram, Facebook. Ben's a shill for big software, and I speak the truth. And you're a shill for exclusive legal positive. You know, exclusive legal positive. And it's actually kind of hilarious that you kind of yourself. You're like joking. Hi, Ev. Nice to meet you. <laughs> So Eve, um, I just want to point out, is back in her native habitat. We always talk about Daniel's habitat, but in Eve's case, you got the, the sauna wood there, um, like which, you know, says Finland Ave, to everybody. What's your, what's your question? <laughs> yeah, I was saying that uh, a murder was going to happen if. Uh, <laughs> um, I, my question is actually, uh, so we're like we figured out like. The hearing was not very interesting. That's done. Now, uh, what's 
what kind of important comments does that differ us from? I mean, that's kind of why Ben kept being like, and we haven't even gotten to the hearings yet, because I was like, I'm not going to really talk about them. They're not, it's what people said about them, and then, like, kind of the bigger things were going on. I think it's what I, we kind of have said, which is, like, there's um, a lot that's going on right now that isn't new. There's some of it that is. It's probably not quite, we don't want to, like, over-rotate on the information we have. We need to get better at measuring these things so we don't get rid of the bad things along with the good things. Um, and, um, you know, some of that is kind of dialing the level of paternalism that we want to kind of have in uh, in our in our free in our online speech kind of regulation or policy. So um, those are really hard questions, and they really depend on who you are and what you what your experience with the internet is right now. If you're a parent, or if you're a kid, or if you're someone like Paula who like really doesn't want to have any restrictions. Like everyone has different experiences with this and this is why it's so hard to measure and why it's so hard to figure out the right answer for paula there's this site called uh getter which has like no restrictions <laughs> ben, stop making internet recommendations i think we've like, learned <laughs> that at this point so there is uh agitation in the chat for you to introduce us to the guitar that is in back of you and I didn't oh. start it. Ooh, oh, well, there's not, is there an there's not much to you? say. Like, I'm a really God. bad player, and that's the guitar. Oh. Oh, I okay. just got I just got a Is new... this your new guitar? No, 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 no. I just oh, got a new yeah. guitar. And, is this uh, the one that you were really happy that you spent money on that you posted about? No, this, uh, uh, this was the... That was a jazz guitar, was, right? Yeah, right. This was like... I love the jazz guitar so much that I spent another $2,000. I, 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 let me just say that um, I have suffered from pent-up demand from the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Understandable. Okay. All right. Um, Larky, the floor is yours. Hey. What's up? Uh, so for my question, we got to travel back in time, like 20 minutes to what... Paula was talking about. Um, we can do that. If you believe hard enough, you can. Um, so I guess my question is about this, you know, Instagram research and is the thing that's separating these sorts of discussions from like other moral panic things uh, that there is research? Uh, do we think that in the future we'll be like, Actually, research suggests that the world is terrible to teenage girls, and this is just like part of the world. Like, is it just the novelty of the social media, or do we think that there is something qualitatively different about social media uh, that does make it actually bad compared to other things that are new and we say are bad? I think that that's kind of what Ben asked after Paula's question, but like, I agree with you. Um, I will make one point that you're, you kind of bring up. Do you remember when like Tom Nichols was on and he was, we were talking about like how people really like to like look for blame when things go wrong. I think that like Facebook provides a very attractive, like agent on which to place blame. It has some type of clear like connection to like the chain of bad events. 
Um, it is it is enormous and very well suited with like it's tons and tons of money to basically absorb our blame and all of our anger and vitriol. And we think the best place to kind of like present places for reform um, because they make these tools and like whatever else. And this is kind of, I guess, my big one of my big kind of like my point ties to my big point, which is like, are we really concerned? Like how much of us just wants to stop? with placing the blame on Instagram and almost a retributive kind of like, like kill them, burn them type of thing. And how much of us wants to like, how many of us like really actually want to make the world better to be a teenage girl in? <laughs> and I just don't think that like there's actually, uh, I don't think that there's so much overlap a lot of times. I think that a lot of people, if they were so freaking concerned with making the world better for teenage girls, would take a more holistic response and not just be looking to blame it, blame Instagram, but like kind of looking like inward a little bit more and, and uh, trying to kind of see it that way. I don't know. Is that, am I going to get like pilloried for saying that? <laughs> I don't like on like, don't just blame Facebook. It's just a mirror of ourselves. I, I want to, a fat mirror. If it's Instagram. So I, I agree <laughs> with that to a large degree, but I think there is a complexity, a, a difference between Facebook and a mirror. Like, so like if you take, compare Facebook to what came before, which is, you know, Cosmo and YM and 17 magazine, right? They published once a month or once, once a whatever, and they had editors and yeah they this is my point about like pure volume and like there's scale. I completely and there's agree. a speed thing yeah that i think is we have not figured out what we think of did people get into bicycle accidents when they tried to travel from place to place yes but like they were yeah, but the bicycle accidents didn't did single out they... teenage girls well, no, I was going to say they weren't nearly as bad as when we invented cars and then like, you know, like we got much worse accidents and it was like had a different kind of scale and like kind of impact. And I think that there is like, yes, we're going faster. There's more of it. It's all around all the time. And like, I think that there is more harm. I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm just saying that like these are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's so so you can very well say that like don't blame Facebook, Instagram, they're just using technology that was built and they're, they're making money off it the way in which other people have made money off of the printing press and various other things. It's just that they're so awful. That is that they, they, they just lie. We don't have a single recorded instance of him lying. Right. Right. And then, I mean, and then, like, <laughs> saying we're gonna try to do better. We're not gonna print that stuff anymore. Only Bibles from them, here on in. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, that just the bullshit that they that Facebook, you know, feeds everyone. You know, we're really just trying to create community. We're just trying. I mean, and, and the kind of rapaciousness. You know, like the kind of the 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 phrase that um, comes to my mind. I think of these. Uh, something like Facebook is that, you know, um, pigs get fat, hog, uh, you know, hogs get fat, pigs get slaughtered, is that mm -hmm. there's a, that there's a way in which, like, there there's, like, 
a constant grasping at everything. Now, of course, this is market pressure, um, but they're not they're not wearing it well in the way in which something like Google, you know, has been. Um, this is this is one hundred percent correct. Um, but there's a couple of problems with measurement, which is like one, like Google and Apple. I just had the Google and Apple and all these other companies have not like really been particularly for they haven't been quite as evil, but they also haven't been called out for it to be like haven't like had moments to like kind of really lie um, about things and kind of so there's that but I, I do Apple's live think, a lot. Yeah, yes, but like we're we're going to lean on the Chinese government to preserve our values in our production facilities there. Uh, and we're going to do it while rolling over for the demands of the CCP, trust us. Yeah, but like those are big picture, like foreign policy things that people don't, inter that users don't interact with in their daily lives. Like Facebook has been lied about like things that its users deal with every day and that like harms that they can feel and like changes that they can sense in the public sphere. And there's, I think, I really do think that um, Facebook is kind of a uniquely bad company and like uniquely poorly run. And I like I haven't I stayed away from saying that for a long time because I get, felt like I couldn't I didn't have direct evidence about around that, but I kind of increasingly do. And I just really do think that you're right, Scott. I think that like they actually do like there has been this rapid almost I'm sure someone will compare it soon. And if, I mean, I know they have already, but like they've like they went everywhere in the world they went into every single place in the world and they made it they absolutely did make it more open and connected that is a descriptively neutral thing they acted like it was a net good and it was like it's just not and what we're seeing is that it's just not and that bringing people that technology is maybe bad and especially if you don't invest in the things to clean it up and make it better as you kind of as you kind of do all of this stuff so is that like is do i think that like facebook absolutely is on the hook for that 100 percent. the thing is is like how do you un how do you like put that back in the jar like you yeah, just don't right. like you just can't and so like we're not like that this is why i don't love the break facebook up just blow them up and make them disappear like i don't think you do and even if you do the harms are there we're all open and connected we all see more than we were ever like anthropologically ready to see or ready to deal with on a daily basis. And like, we have to basically figure out a better solution than just getting rid of Facebook. Well, I want to suggest uh, one good thing about Facebook uh, and the interaction between two social media companies, which is that without Twitter, I could not do the beast of the day. And without I love that Facebook, I wouldn't, 70% of the beasts of the day come from Facebook. Really? Uh, or Instagram. Yeah, there are all these wildlife photographers who have amazing Instagram accounts. Mm. I don't ever post on Instagram, but I'm there as a lurker to find the beast of the day. And so I just want to say for this, I am great. I have a lot of gratitude to Facebook because every day I go there and I look around for the beast of the day, and I almost always find him or her. 
Today, by the way, the Beast of the Day is in memoriam. Beast of the Day is 23 beasts that have, according to the U.S. government, gone extinct, uh, including the ivory-billed woodpecker. Wait, really? So, yep. It's uh, kaput. So, um, well, thanks, yeah. Ben. Wait, wait, um, yeah. I didn't think anything could be sadder than Facebook. But and I, I learned you... that yeah. not from Facebook, but from the New York Times. So, break up wait. the New York Times. We're going to leave it there. Wait, any any genocides happen? Ben? Yeah, 23 species, several birds, a few bats, some fish. Yeah. It's terrible. And a plant. KK, you're a great American. Um, you're a, an apologist for Facebook and Instagram, and you're going to get uh, crushed on social media for it. Um, but we love you. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we will be back tomorrow. It will be cheese night. Maybe, just maybe, Luke That'll will show baby. up to host his second show. Uh, there will be cheese, there will be wine, there will be uh, other things. And until then, Scott? Uh, we can't have fun anymore, but we can have um, a lot of guitars. No, no, no. I had, I had, a, really, better. I had, I had, I had a really good one. What were we just talking about? Ben, what were you just talking about? Uh, I don't remember. That requires taking myself more I've seriously than I do. Birds, extinction, oh, no, but we beast can't of the have day. I, we can't have, can't have right. ivory with right. Okay, we okay. Can't. that's right. That's what, that's what, that's <laughs> this what is the worst sign-off we've ever done. Ever, <laughs> ever since Kate, like, remembered, like, learned I, the trope I, of the sign-off. We've okay, been on was, a roll of getting this was, right, Scott. Yeah, no, I was, I, I, I was just saying, I was actually, I thought the beast of the day was going to be the right thing. And then when you, I, I, I completely froze. Oh, so um, you were going to do, uh, we can't have fun anymore, but we can yeah, have we can thanks have to Instagram, the beast yeah, of the right, day. It, it, exactly. All right, but say then, that now. Okay. Um, it's not too late. <laughs> okay, can you um, edit this out? Okay. It'll all be 22 hours and 54 minutes from now. And until then, Scott. Um, ben, we can't, and, and Kate, uh, we can't have fun anymore. But we can have the beast of the day derived from either Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. And I just We're also not that allowed that to have ivory build woodpeckers anymore. Ben, don't ruin it. See you tomorrow, guys. <laughs> <laughs>